Whatever style you rock, it all starts with the sneakers, and Finish Line has all the latest and greatest styles from your favorite brands, like Nike, Adidas, Jordan, and Under Armour to fit your personal style. Whether you're hitting the gym or the streets, Finish Line has you covered. Check out finishline.com for the latest sneakers for the back-to-school season and keep your game fresh. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Very Olympic Today, SI's Daily Olympics podcast. It is day 17. There is no day 17. It is it's, the closing. It's day It's day plus one. <laughs> yeah, it's plus one. <laughs> it is over. Thank you so much wow. to all of you who have been along for the whole ride. We made or it. Or part of the ride whenever you came along. I'm Mitch Goldich. I'm here with Alex Abnos. How's it going? All of the sports are done. There are no more sports. The closing ceremony is done. Yeah. We have watched the entire Olympics. We did it. How do you we feel? Made it. I feel... I feel very Olympic today <laughs> of course and you do. very ready to nap tonight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. I am ready. Um, but it's been uh, it's been a blast. We have time later for we're, we should say this is not our last episode. This right. is our second to last. We are going to do basically our normal show like we've done at the end of every day. And we're going to talk about the action on Sunday and a little bit on the closing ceremony. And then we're going to. And we're going to look ahead to the action on. We're going to have to look ahead to the action on Monday too, right? <laughs> uh, oh. I don't think so. But we are going to have another episode. Basically, we had the big gigantic preview show. We have the big gigantic review show. We're going to give the summary slash highlights slash our favorite parts of every sport. And basically, uh, I don't know how long it's going to take, but one <laughs> one look back at the entire Olympics for those of you who somehow against all odds are not yet sick of us and want one more going away present. If you just emerged from your time travel cave and decided that you have to, I don't know, I'm thinking of Army of Darkness here, uh, where he comes out of the, this is, no. never mind, there's a limited audience for this particular line yeah. of thinking. If you have slept through the entire Olympics, unlike us who were awake for the entire, for the entire Olympics. Not the entire Olympics, just like 20 hours many, a day. Many of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um... So we could, there are a few ways we could start. We could start with the closing ceremony. We also, we usually like to start with listener feedback. So should we just start there? Let's do that. All right. So thanks as always to those of you who have subscribed. Uh, don't unsubscribe. Is that a <laughs> thing I can ask? Yes. You still have one last chance to uh, to write us a nice iTunes review, um, which, uh, you know, we can show our bosses maybe. Uh, or a Stitcher review nice or a Pocket Cast review oh, or any of these. Sure. Yeah. Review anywhere. Um, but Thanks as always. We've gotten so many messages from people, especially on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Goldich, M-I-T-C-H-G-O-L-D-I-C-H. And I am at A-N-A-B-N-O-S, Anabnos. Not the Abnos. Not the Abnos. But Anabnos. We did get an email today saying you should change it to the Abnos because you've earned it, which was nice. I, don't, I, I think all the other Abnoses in my family <laughs> might disagree. <laughs> Good point. Um, we've also gotten a lot of messages on my Facebook page, messages for both of us, sometimes just messages for Alex to my page, <laughs> Mitch Goldich, sports writer, if you want to keep in touch. Uh, feel free to like the page and send me a note. But anyway, we got uh, a handful of tweets, and we usually like to open this way. Allison Posada sent a great question that I'm surprised has not come up this entire uh, Olympics. She says, watching handball, question, was the U.S. not in this because we didn't qualify or we didn't have a team at all? Good question. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. The U.S. does have a national handball team. And yeah. actually, we talked about the quote earlier in the Olympics about uh, somebody said LeBron James in six months could be the best handball player in the world. Right. Do you know who said that quote? 
uh, the national handball team coach for the United States of America. That is absolutely said it. Even I, I read it at the time, awesome. and I I thought it was like a coach of another team or a coach at the Olympics. I didn't realize that's who it was. But there is a national U.S. handball team. Uh, there's a men's team and a women's team. Neither has been in the Olympics since 1996. So there's basically, like other sports, there's a qualifying tournament. And there's North American and there's Pan Am. So it's uh, like the U.S. plays against Canada for the right to play in. Basically, the teams, from what I read with some quick Googling, uh, like wasn't even close. There's like a Pan Am tournament where if they don't beat Canada, they go to the second chance tournament with Central American teams and Caribbean teams, which I think is similar to how like soccer and basketball teams It's about the same, yeah. Um, So anyway, but the men have six appearances in the Olympics, but none since 1996 and have never finished better than sixth. And the women have four appearances in the Olympics, also not since 1996. They finished fifth in 1984. So handball is a sport that the USA has never meddled in, men or women. Wow. But uh, come on, LeBron. What are you doing that's more important? Get out there and become the world's best handball player. Or how about, if not LeBron, then how about literally any NBA player, (laughs) I think, would make probably a pretty amazing uh, handball athlete, with with the possible exception of, like, one of those end-of-the-bench seven-footers. I was wondering where you were going to go with this. Yeah. They could be a good goalie. Uh, Which, even they, yeah, could be an amazing goalie. Yeah. All right. So, Allison, great question. Thank yeah, you. I'm definitely. glad we got to it. And uh, as we've said all along, we are here to increase knowledge on every sport. So uh, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know that we necessarily explicitly promised that at any oh, point. But that's promised, kind of that's what we've done. We promised to attempt, at <laughs> attempt. least. And sometimes, sometimes we do it. Um, yeah. We got another a good tweet uh, from... Uh, one of my favorite tweeters of currently that has uh, been kind of in conversation with us throughout the uh, throughout our show, uh, Matt Drake. Uh, he referenced uh, my favorite lo- running <laughs> joke uh, throughout uh, throughout the uh, whole show. Oh man, uh, I'm about he to says, get burned here. He says I? he says I bet Coach K is going to be really bummed that the USA is going to run away with a gold and he won't have anything to critique after the game. <laughs> Yeah, and so this was in response that, to right, you. Right? You tweeted during the game uh, something like, uh, I think USA is going to win. Yeah. Follow Alex for great deadpan <laughs> sarcasm. You can Now you've heard his voice enough. You can read his tweets in his voice, which is always and fun. And then they're even more not funny. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, he, he uh, so Matt, so Matt <sighs> posts this because uh, I believe uh, that Coach on K, by that standard, by your standard, uh, Coach K is just going to be so unhappy I with the way... This. Uh, that the United States won their gold medal today. I said this one time very early <laughs> in the Olympics, and I continue to get hammered on this, and it's going to come up during Duke season. Yeah, it is. But, okay. I'm not, I'm not letting it go. No. But, um, but the gold medal game. Yeah, I was going to say, so should we go to the sports show? You've Spoiler alert. Yeah. USA won the men's <laughs> basketball gold medal game. So I'll just intro this by saying, uh, transition to this by saying that I, my note for myself uh, on yesterday's show was i'm finally going to watch basketball that wasn't brazil argentina how'd that go i did not do it (laughs) i I watched i came in this is not entirely my fault i tried to come in so that i would at least be here for the first uh you know at some point during the first half uh the subway did not want to cooperate i was sitting on a car underground for about half an hour uh while a train in front of us had some kind of electrical problem or something i don't know what it was the subway is always an adventure uh but i got here uh, right as the fourth quarter was starting, and I believe the USA was leading by something like 50 bajillion points. Uh, so I didn't pay too close of attention to it, but you did. So loyal listeners will remember that yesterday Alex arrived late and complained about missing the track and had a burrito with him that was specially made to order. And today he was late and missed most of the basketball. 
and he did have a salad with him. That's that right. Also made to order. And you know so. that one was made to order too. Yeah. Um, I did watch the basketball. It was uh, it was a blowout. It was. I'm wondering if it's the best that Team USA has looked. Uh, it probably is, and it's against Serbia, who played them very tough in in the group play yeah. earlier in the tournament. They, remember that was that three point game, and Serbia had a look a clean look at a three, a deep three, but they had a look at it to uh, possibly tie the game and send it to overtime. But uh, not sure where this has been. But they pulled a <laughs> pulled a thirty point win out. It was I think the the Largest margin of victory for a U.S. team in the gold medal game since the original Dream Team in 92. So, yeah. So, USA looked very good. Uh, Coach K now has three golds uh, on, on the USA bench. Carmelo Anthony announced after the game that he is done and this is his last Olympics. He got very emotional. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did see that. Expected. Yeah. And that was that was actually kind of cool to see. Uh, there's... Uh, you know, he's uh, some quotes of his has been, have been circulating around about how he wouldn't trade his golds for anything, even an NBA title, which I think some people find hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, and I find hard to believe. To there be was honest. another. I think DeAndre Jordan during the Olympics made a comment about how uh, an Olympic gold means more than an NBA title. And I saw a bunch of people said spoken like a true clipper, which is mean. <laughs> that that's is very just, mean. That's just mean. A little bit true, but still mean. A little mean. But, but yeah. But uh, yeah, even even I was kind of doubtful that he really meant it. But then watching that post game interview, he was clearly you know very uh, proud of what he has accomplished with well, and I think with the international the, the, odd, the clock is ticking. The odds of him being the single leader on a title team in the NBA, I don't know that that's ever going to happen. Right, and so, also like the fact he has this, the fact that he had to announce his retirement before uh, the next Olympics in four years' time is also sort of funny to me because. I feel like he was already going to be too old no matter what. For <laughs> and that, I'm, but... I'm always, always skeptical of athletes who are retiring that far in advance. Yeah. I mean, he's his Knicks contract goes almost <laughs> to that. He could make the team if he wanted to in like a ceremonial role sure. like we've seen Kobe do. Like we've seen there was the one year that Jason Kidd was the starting point guard and then they would pull him off the floor at the first time out. I think that was 2008. Kidd yeah. started – and it, even if it was like a minute into the game, they'd be like, uh, time out. You know what? Let's get Jason Kidd off the floor and put in uh, like Darren Williams or somebody else who was better at the time. Um, but anyway, I, I actually I also watched a lot of the bronze medal game versus Spain, Australia. And okay. that was a better game. And that makes I'm, sense. I'm guessing you didn't watch this. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, It was really close. It was like a one point game uh, for the final like two minutes. And then uh, came down. Spain ended up winning on two late free throws. From Sergio Rodriguez. Hey. I apologize to Sergio. He has gotten the uh, the short end of the stick. I've talked so much about Dario Saric on Croatia, who is a future Philadelphia 76er. Sergio Rodriguez on Spain, also a future Philadelphia 76er. He'll be playing for them. He might be their starting point guard this year. Wow. Hit two late free throws for Spain to give them a one-point lead. Australia, who has never medaled in men's basketball, by the way, uh, they came down. I think they had five seconds left. And they ended up not getting a shot off. It was like a sloppy play off the inbounds pass. And and they ended up like turning it over or, or just kind of like uh, the ball got tipped away and they had possession but couldn't get a shot up. So I'm sure that's a very, very disappointing note for them to finish that way. Um, but they were two good teams. Both had uh, several NBA players, including Sergio Rodriguez. Right. And uh, Andrew Bogut fouled out like in the middle of the third quarter. Oh, which that's I not – well, yeah. okay. That changes um, things quite yeah. a bit. Well, you know uh, – <laughs> I guess he does that, I guess. Right. Um, but it was a fun game, and it was a, it was a really fun basketball tournament. The USA was frustrating to watch at times, 
and they could have and probably should have played a lot better, but there were a lot of other competitive games involving other teams, and honestly, their games were more competitive than they should have been. Like so, Argentina versus Brazil? Yeah, yes, your one <laughs> game that you saw. Yeah, So uh, So that's the end. It ended. USA won the last medal. That It's interesting that the gold medal basketball game is the last It's the event, last thing, yeah. But uh, but it is, and and that was it. Then, then all the sports were over. Yeah, man. I, can't, I still can't believe the sports are over. We're sitting here. They've been over for, like, not... A short amount of time. Yeah. So should should we talk about the closing ceremony? I know we have other sports to get to, but sh- is this the the time to just do it? I mean, I don't know how much I have to say about it. Really, it it was kind of it seemed sort of uh, superfluous. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. not, like obviously you got you have to do something. You have to uh, extinguish the flame. You have to extinguish the flame. Although, do you really have to? Like, you can't I just I mean, keep it, it was, somewhere. It was raining. So yeah, they could have so just, like, just left it out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like after. Almost, you know, over over two weeks now of just wall to wall nonstop sports to have another giant thing when you had a giant thing that kicked off the whole thing seems a little bit overkill to me. The weird part to me is how many athletes had already left. Yeah. So and like I don't blame them if you're done if you're a swimmer and you compete the first week and you're not there. Oh, I don't know. I guess it would be kind of fun to just hang around Rio. But, yeah. But also like you want to get home to your lives and your families and things. So there were a lot of empty seats. The the opening ceremony, maybe I'm wrong, but it looked like it was pretty full and yeah. packed. And the closing, I saw a lot of empty seats in the stands. There were a lot of athletes who just weren't there anymore. Well, and the thing is, like, as you and I have discovered uh, over the course of doing this show, the Olympics, just as a thing to participate in, in, you know, in any kind of serious way, are exhausting. They start early in the morning and they go until very late at night and they don't let up until the end. Like, this is the, you know, this is the last night of sports and there's still plenty to talk about yeah. uh, for, for just the two of us. And we are just sitting here in New York. We are not at the games. We're not at the games. <laughs> uh, Thank you for subscribing to Sports <laughs> Illustrated at the games. We, we are, are in New York. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we, so we're just sitting here in New York watching this stuff, like to actually be there and having to shuttle from place to place to, to look at these things. I just feel like having a, then a closing ceremony on top of that, where it requires all this time to just sit there and sit through it. It's, it's like, I, I understand why they do it. It's nice to have like a showpiece event, but at the same time, I don't know. I like, get. I like, like the you... transition to the next summer games. Yeah, it's interesting. They kind of like skip over the Winter Olympics yeah. and pretend they don't matter because they had this whole elaborate ceremony where they're transitioning to Tokyo, right? Which is hosting in twenty twenty, and meanwhile they're going to be in South Korea in twenty eighteen. But they just. I guess they have their they have a different they have a separate <laughs> flame. That's a different flame and a different and that one was already transitioned. That's a little odd. There were parts that I liked. The the Japanese prime minister, this is the highlight. Coming out of the Mario out of the suit. Super Mario yeah. thing. Yeah, that was great. The other thing is very early, and I, I kind of missed this a little. I'm going off a little bit of what I saw online because I was only half paying attention to the first 10 minutes. Apparently, Brazil doubled down on their claim to have invented flight. <laughs> Did you see this? <laughs> no. There was another reference to Brazil coming out and saying, we invented flight before the Wright brothers, as <laughs> was one of the topics that we talked about, it feels like, forever ago yeah. when we talked about the opening ceremony. But Brazil, I, I had entirely doubling, forgotten about it. Doubling down on the invention of flight. Wow, so, good for you know them. What? Yeah, good for them. I, I guess. I guess my my view is that I don't necessarily mind that there is a closing ceremony. I do mind that it is as long as it is. It's it's about as long 
as the opening ceremony. Well, minus the big parade of nations, they yeah. have athletes carrying flags, but like all at the same time. Yeah. So the the ceremony itself is probably the same length or even longer because yeah. what makes the opening ceremony so long is the parade of nations. Right. I mean, it's cool. It's impressive. The I I thought it was all. I thought a lot of it was unnecessary. It was similar. It was a very similar display to the opening ceremony. It yeah. seemed redundant to have. Similar dancers and music acts and things uh, bookended three weeks apart. Yeah. So, um, so let's move on to some no some more sports. More sports. Because basketball was not the only sport. It just happened to be the last one. Right. Uh, there was also some interesting boxing today. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I watched my first boxing uh, the other day with Shakur Stevenson, and I watched a little bit more uh, today with Clarissa Shields, and she, uh, but and unlike Shakur Stevenson, she won, and it was not close. It was not. I watched that too. She is great. She's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked that during the fight they spent a lot of time talking about her pro career and how pro uh, professional promoters, and I think they mentioned Oscar De La Hoya as one of them, look at her as a big TV draw, and I think that's cool because. The future of women's boxing, so many women's sports are are growing and growing, and the Olympics has been a huge showcase for that. We've talked about this throughout the podcast, just how much we've how much time we've spent talking about women's athletics. Right. And like Layla Ali is very famous. And yeah. besides that, I think there are very few women's boxers who have become or female boxers who've become famous in the mainstream. Sure. And Clarissa Shields has the chance to do that. And even, it would be, even names that you can say and have people immediately recognize, oh, that is a female, female yeah. boxer. Yeah. And so and I think it would be very cool if uh, you know, within the next couple of years when there's a big fight and if Clarissa Shields is in the undercard, because UFC has gotten to that point yeah. where Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm and some of those names have gotten so big. And when you see it's like a big UFC event, they promote both the men and women, and I think it would be really cool. She's so good, it would be great to be able to see her fight more often on those big fight nights. I feel like maybe she, the key is not waiting for her to develop that audience somehow organically when it when it's hard to do that. I feel like the way she builds up that audience is just to put her on the card anyway and let people yeah. discover for themselves. Well, the, the big like, thing I is never... I don't know what kind of competition she has. She's, That's true. She ran through the Olympics, back-to-back -back gold medals for her. Yeah. And, you know, Rousey for a long time, she just didn't have anybody to fight. She was winning matches in seven seconds. Yeah. Boxing's a little different. She, uh, Clarissa didn't knock anybody out these Olympics, I don't think. I think they all went the distance, but she won pretty decidedly on points. Right. So I don't know who they have for her to fight, but... Uh, I'm excited to, to, like we talked about with Shakur Stevenson, I'm excited to follow her pro career. Too. Absolutely. Was there any other boxing today that you uh, that you watched? Because I really only watched That, was, that was all that I saw. Uh, well, there was, and this is something I want to get your thoughts on. There was some interesting things going on in wrestling today. Yeah. Uh, what are they calling it? The, Mong the Mongolian beef? I heard, yeah, I saw online a lot of people. This is one of those where everybody makes the same joke and yeah. they think they're, they thought of it. I will admit I did not think of it, but I love the, the so, Mongolian. So I beef. will say I will I will give the general recap of what I know about it because I have so little context. Meanwhile, for knowing what happened. the youngest American to win a gold medal ever was today, and we're starting with Mongolian beef. Okay, well we we, we no I think you already started. I think okay. we've gone down. We got it. We got to do it. Okay, yeah. so my uh, experience is that I did end up getting off the subway eventually and saw that everybody's talking about this crazy thing that the Mongolian. Uh, coaches coaches yeah. were doing and I said what is this and then so I click on the video and yeah they I don't know what they were protesting I don't know what happened in this fight I just know that the two I believe there were yeah two coaches for the Mongolian wrestler uh, went up basically to the judges table they're standing over they're arguing with the judges about some kind of call or judgment that they made that they felt was very wrong and to prove their point or to emphasize uh, their argument 
they stripped off their clothes and did not just strip off their clothes, but then slammed them down yeah. uh, onto the onto the mat. Uh, their shoes especially were going down, flying. Down to their the, the, tidy whiteies. The, the not rest... even tidy whiteies. They were like... They looked like the divers when you right. see the Olympic divers showering. Uh, they're but they're, that they're kind doing of... all this and screaming the whole time at the yeah. top of their lungs. Their wrestler it, takes a look at them and sees what they're doing and just walks off the mat. Does, doesn't even try to join into it. Yeah. Mitch, I missed what, it at the time. And I what watched, happened here? I watched a video. I watched like a, an eight-minute video, I think, of the whole episode. It was nuts. Yeah, um, it's crazy. So the Mongolian was wrestling against a guy from Uzbekistan. And he was winning seven to six with like three seconds left in the match. Right. And you're supposed to keep wrestling. We've talked on this podcast about uh, stalling or passivity. And if you're not engaged in the fight, you can get docked points. If you are like, you know, uh, dodging it by uh, like just kind of running out of bounds or walking out of bounds, avoiding a fight, you can you can lose points. And he basically just started celebrating. And there were three seconds left and he okay. was winning. And he this just is a like, Mongolian guy. Yeah, and okay. he just like clenched both fists and put him in the air and was like kind of like running around screaming, excited that he won. Absolutely normal emotion. Uh, you know, you want to have good sportsmanship. You don't want to rub it in anyone's face. But this is a very standard reaction at sure. the end of a match after you've won. Every every wrestling match I've watched has a similar yeah. uh, celebration. But he did it with three seconds left on the clock. That's not when you're supposed to do it. Which kind of happens like, you know, in football when – uh, when they kneel it down on third and the clock is running down and there's 15 seconds left right. and all the teams come onto the field and shake hands even though they're not at zero and everybody right. just allows it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, basketball, they're a little more strict where like they're going to call they you for traveling. They, you stand there holding the ball and let the clock run out. They don't, you know, you don't like yeah. travel. You don't just like kick the ball into the stands. Sure. So in this, they called him. They, they called a point against him, and I don't know if they called it for, like, a celebration or for a caution or passivity, but they basically – he stopped early, and they awarded Uzbekistan a point, which tied at 7-7, and then Uzbekistan won on tiebreakers. Uh, I think they won – What's so the tiebreaker? There were a few tiebreakers, and having not watched the entire match, only watched the commentary – the, the announcers made it sound like he had a caution against him. Okay. So a caution, sometimes like a false start uh, when they like restart them in the middle can be a caution. And it's not a point. that It's like a warning the first time. And so I think caution was the first tiebreaker. I think one of the last tiebreaker actually would have been whoever scored last. Okay. So the fact that this happened with no time on the clock would have been enough to end it unless the Mongolian wrestler had won on points. Right. So they end the match on this and they give they award it to him. This is in the gold the, medal match, right? No, it's not the gold medal okay. match. It was, um, it might have been the bronze medal match. Okay. It, was, it was either bronze medal or in the wrestlebacks to to get to the bronze. I think there, this was actually for a bronze medal. I'm not 100% sure. If somebody, if I'm wrong, you can tweet me and we'll yeah. fix it on tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> it doesn't no, exist. We won't. No, I, I think it was a bronze medal match. Yeah. Um, and so he, at first he kind of just like got out of there and he, like he handled it well he went down to his knees was upset and then like walked off to another mat in the gym the wrestler and then right? the wrestler yeah. and then the coaches went nuts like on his behalf which i guess is kind of like their job so that he doesn't have to but they they launched a protest and i think they were trying to like appeal it but then the wrestler eventually came back and he did he shook hands with the other guy because you got to end the match by shaking hands and he kind of gave him a thumbs up you could tell he was very upset he went down to his knees again and was like waiting for them to make the official ruling. And then it was official. And then he didn't. Usually the ref like holds both of their hands and holds up the hand of the winner. I'm like demonstrating in the room as if yeah. anyone can see me but you. Um, 
And he, like, he didn't really participate in that. It was like once he lost the appeal, he just, like, did a beeline for the locker room, which, again, I, you know, it's hard to blame him. Right. It was it was an insane, a crazy way to lose. You feel bad for him because, you know, he won it. He deserved it. You could see the the guy from Uzbekistan was stunned, just, like, hands on his head and just, right. like, couldn't believe he'd won this way. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting way to win. It's a terrible <laughs> way to lose. No kidding, But man. we will be talking about the Mongolian beef. <laughs> which is a great, which is a great nickname yeah. for the the beef that the coaches had. Uh, but it was just man, it was just one of those things. Like it in was the just, last hour of sports, and I was yeah for like the closing day. You could you couldn't. Uh, it, it was it was good drama for the closing day. I would say, yeah. but like this was just so weird to watch, especially because. A, because I had no context, and B, because the world feed commentators, while this is going on, I don't know what if you watched it, uh, were just, the entire time the coaches were yelling, it was it was the audio of them yelling and slamming their clothes down, plus the world feed commentators they, they going, were ripping the going coaches. oh no, this is so bad, what are they doing, this is a travesty, blah, blah, well, blah, yeah, blah, they blah. Were, So they were disappointed that the wrestler did this, but also they were very disappointed at the coach. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they were like, you know, it wasn't the honorable way to take a loss. I get it. You have a kid you've coached for forever, and then he gets all the way to the Olympics and does this, you'd go ballistic. But they were also, you know, they're, they're on a tight schedule. There are other wrestlers warming up based on their match starting at a certain time. Right. So I understand they were inconveniencing other people. I'm sure the fans have no complaints. I'm right. sure everyone who was there they were going in crazy. person loved yeah. it. But yeah, they went. They might have gone a little overboard. You know, you got to have some empathy for those coaches and, and realize that they are, you know, understandably furious. Yeah. So, listen, the analogy I made, it's like, you know, when Deshaun Jackson uh, spiked the football at the one yard line before he went in the end zone? I, I feel like you probably know that better he, than I do. Oh, come on. That's like a famous thing. <laughs> well, this was like that, celebrating a little bit too early, but yeah. much worse. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that, that makes sense. Then. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've uh, gotten past that ridiculousness, <laughs> apparently there was some actual uh, good success. Uh, yeah. And, and like, and like, a, and like a nice... A victory story from today that yeah, it would concerns be nice to the, talk about the, Kyle Snyder. The, the wrestling itself. Yes. Uh, so Kyle Snyder is now the youngest American ever to win an Olympic gold wow. in wrestling. Um, he had already become – I feel bad. I said in yesterday's preview pod that I did not think he was the favorite. He he does have a world championship. He was the youngest USA wrestler to, be, to become a world champion and I should have given him more of a chance. I said he had a shot to medal. I did not think he was going to win gold. But he won gold. He was down. I saw his semifinal match and his final. He was down 4 nothing in the semifinal after a throw early. Wow. And just kept coming after him and uh, got a, a couple of points for pushouts basically along the edge of the mat. A couple of takedowns. Was down 4 nothing. Ended up winning 9-4. Just a dominant second period. And then uh, got into the finals and uh, I believe he won 3-2 to two in the finals. Just took control early and then it's a little bit easier to win. So, uh, or maybe it was two nothing. I think he started out two nothing. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's all blurring together. It's been a, <laughs> many many days of sports and doing this at two in the morning. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that semifinal match. I think is the one that is even more memorable than the final. Okay. Uh, just because the, the fashion that he wanted in the final, he was really in control the whole time. But um, but man, that semifinal to see him to to dig deep and you could see the other guy was tired and and he just uh, kept coming after him with a lot of intensity. So he's. I believe he was a sophomore last year at Ohio State, and now he's an Olympic champion at uh, at 20 years old. Not too bad. No, not bad at all. He's he's, he's on the he's on the right path. Is yeah. what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, he has a good career, I guess. <laughs> I, and I think he's still a collegiate. So I, you know, imagine being. We see this more with the swimmers. Like yeah. imagine being in college and you have to race against somebody like Katie Ledecky. But uh, imagine <laughs> like have imagine having a dual meet in Big Ten wrestling and you're like, okay, good luck against the Olympic champ. <laughs> right. So. 
All right. Well, with that, I think it's time to get to our last, well, no, third to last break <laughs> ever oh, okay. on this Oh, I show. thought you were going to say third to last sport. I was like, we have a no, bunch of sports. We, have, we do have a bunch of sports one, to get one to. One more commercial break. Uh, and we do have- uh, We have some other, we have some big stuff. I can't believe we didn't talk about this at the beginning. The quadrathlon, we yeah. have to wrap up. And also, today is the day. I am picking a rugby team. We've oh, been talking about God. this for weeks and weeks. Wow. So a lot of exciting stuff uh, coming up. A lot of stuff that longtime listeners that have been waiting for us uh, for yep. many episodes to actually make a decision on. We're trying to tie it all up. Yeah. We're tying up all the loose ends. <laughs> tying them up. And it, all, and it all happens in the next segment. So stick with us. Uh, we'll be back with you soon. Hey, sports fans. Whatever style you rock, it all starts with the sneakers. Finish Line can hook you up with the latest sneakers to make sure your first impression is the one that lasts. With the latest styles from all of your favorite brands like Nike, Adidas, Jordan, and Under Armour, Finish Line has the latest and greatest sneakers. Whether you're hitting the gym or the streets, Finish Line has you covered. Put it this way, their shoes are so fresh they should come with a podium. Check out finishline.com for the latest sneakers for the back to school season and keep your game fresh. Welcome back to Very Olympic Today. Uh, we have a handful of more uh, sports uh, to go through. There, It wasn't exactly a packed slate today. Well, here it was pretty on, light because there was no night session. Right, right. No, no night session because of the closing ceremony. Uh, however, the traditional kind of closing uh, event uh, of the Olympic Games has been the marathon. Uh, so that happened this morning. And Mitch... Uh, I was awake for part of it. I no saw kidding. it. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was up early because of the, because handball, the handball, as right. we'll get to. But yeah, I saw the end of the marathon. And how was and it? It was uh, it was twenty six point two miles. Yes. <laughs> um, I was saying I would never. Can you imagine being? Can you imagine finishing fourth in the Olympic marathon? I would rather not. Oh my god. That's just. That <laughs> I would sounds, rather not do that. That sounds like the worst thing. Um, but I did. Uh, I did watch. It was fun. Um, Meb Kofleski, it was one of my highlights. He did not medal, oh. but Meb, uh, Tim Layden from SI, who is awesome, by the way, and has had, some, has had some great coverage down in Rio. He, I think he was like at the finish line and took a funny picture. Meb, who won Boston recently, was the first American in a very long time to win the Boston Marathon. And I thought, you know, he was the top American going in, but uh, did not, wasn't a favorite to medal. Yeah. But uh, did not medal, didn't really even come close, I don't think. But he uh, he basically like went down at the end. I think he stumbled a little bit and then went to the ground and did push-ups yeah. like, at the finish line before he, crossing. It was great to see. And that was because it's amazing. All these guys finish, and there are only three medals, but you got to finish the race, right? And so all of them do, even though they're really they're they're not getting any money for it. They're they're just getting pride. They want to. They're there. They want to finish, and it was very cool. And I thought that was a a fitting end. I have no idea if Meb will be running the marathon in 2020 or if this is his last one, which it would not surprise me if it is. Right. And so that was a cool way to go out. It's fun. Uh, yeah, and closer to the front of the race, uh, the, by the way, the race was won by oh, yeah. uh, oh, the actual medal winners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll uh, let you talk about them. Uh, <laughs> Eliud Kipchoge uh, from Kenya was the favorite, and he won by about a minute ahead of the second place finisher, uh, Ethiopia's uh, Fayissa Lilesa. Who, uh, who did something interesting at the finish line that may uh, get him in a little trouble. Yeah, so this runner who finished in second from Ethiopia basically made a political statement as he was finishing. He crossed the line either like as he was crossing or immediately after. I saw him do this and was wondering what it was at the time. He made an X with his arms, like right. held them up in, uh, in the shape of an X, and then afterwards gave... Uh, gave some answers to the media. They were asking him about that. And I and I guess he just, this is what he wanted to talk about. But it was basically a political statement. There's this group in Ethiopia called the Oromo. 
And I read a, an article about it on our site the, uh, that our friend Chris Chavez wrote. Yeah. Um, and he basically, the, the phrasing he uses is that they are a tribe that has been historically marginalized by the government. And he explained the story about how I think a thousand people have died over, and, and forgive me, I'm not uh, sure the exact period of time, but basically talked about how this group has been persecuted against and, and there have been killings and, and what a dangerous and horrible situation it is. And he wanted to use his platform as an Olympic medalist in a pretty high-profile event, the marathon, it's huge, yeah. to um, to make a statement and bring awareness to this. And then also said afterwards, he's fearful. He he doesn't think he's going to be able to go back home to Ethiopia, and is hoping to settle in some other country. He has family back in Ethiopia, so hopefully they're okay. Because I'm sure you know his statements, you know, <laughs> affect them and. And who knows what I'm sure they what, made news in Ethiopia. As yeah, well. yeah, I'm sure. So, um, so you know, it was very brave of him to yeah. uh, take a stand like that and and make a gesture. We've obviously seen political statements at the Olympics in many different forms, and uh, this is one that we saw today from the Ethiopian who took silver in the marathon. Yeah, that's that's a huge story. This is actually the the finish of this race. The top three, even outside of the top three, because we just talked about Meb. Uh, Full of stories in this uh, in this marathon because American Galen Rupp he won the bronze and he was not expected to win bronze in this race uh, because at least partially because he made his marathon debut in February the first marathon he ever ran <laughs> like was in fair. February at the U.S. Trials and he was hanging with the leaders for the majority of this race uh, he adds this to the silver that he took in the 10,000 meters in 2012 not too bad and the funniest part about this I swear is that. When he was transitioning from uh, the the ten thousand meters uh, to being a marathon runner, which is obviously a huge uh, change in distance, many thousands many, of meters, many thousands of meters. Uh, the answer he gave to NBC uh, was that he took inspiration. I'm not kidding here. From the Adam Sandler movie Happy Gilmore, <laughs> I did. I heard that today. Yeah, I forgot he about said, that. He said, "This is his actual quote." He says, "I was watching Happy Gilmore the other day." He fights being a golfer for a while, saying he's a hockey player. I fought being a marathoner and wanted to run on the track, but maybe this is my best event. That is great. You know, that he's is also the only marathon runner who ever took off his skate and tried to stab somebody. That is that is that is almost as good That's as it. as us naming our entire podcast after Cool Runnings. I just want to clarify that was a quote from Billy Madison. He did or Happy Gilmore. I mean, he did not actually take off his skate and right. try to stab anybody during the marathon. Right. Hopefully y'all got that. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think they did. Yeah. So that was the marathon. Uh, there were two other things that I saw today that were that were really interesting. Shall we and speed really round? Fun. One last speed round? One last speed round. And this right. is actually going to be speedy um, because I don't have that much to say about these two things other than that I and watched I them. I have nothing to say because I did not watch either of them. Well, so I watched... Ahead. I watched the indoor volleyball, uh, and I watched actually what was an incredible comeback by the United States in the bronze medal game against Russia. Uh, They were down two sets to nothing, so they were on the verge of losing, but they stormed back to win the last three. Uh, They lost the first two, 25-23 and then 25-21, but then they pretty much dominated from there out, 25-19, 25-19, Just a tremendous performance by the United States. They were disappointed to not be in the gold medal game against Brazil. Uh, but they came back and they won the USA's fifth Olympic medal all time, uh, and also Brazil won gold. <laughs> yeah. uh, not entirely surprisingly, uh, that the Maracanazinho was uh, raucous as always. Um, and then the other thing I watched today was cycling. It wouldn't be uh, me at the Olympics this this uh, this particular time without watching it, a cycling. It would be event. like me skipping a rugby game. And. 
the mountain biking uh, portion was the last race I really hadn't invested that much time in. So I actually sat back and watched uh, the second half uh, of the mountain bike race. That course is crazy. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, these guys do six laps around it. They have like really steep hills and these rocky uh, declines that some bikers actually fell on and picked up some pretty nasty looking uh, injuries and cuts and things like that. Um, Nino Schurter from, Switz from, from Switzerland won. He had an incredible ride. Uh, he was kind of neck and neck with Yaroslav Kulhavi from the, from the Czech Republic. Uh, but in the last couple of laps, he just kind of outsprinted them and had a pretty unassailable lead. There was a great battle for bronze, eventually won by Spain's Carlos Coloma. Uh, he beat out France's Maxime Morot. And uh, it was fun to watch. And that was, other than handball, uh, the last sport uh, that I watched in these Olympics, yeah. uh, the, the handball kicked off the day. It's time. The, it's the time. elephant in the room, the, the one thing people want to hear about, the quadrathlon is finally over. And, and boy, tied. And we are tied. All right. We are tied Explain, at 13. For anybody who inexplicably is listening to us for the first time today and has made it through this whole episode, why don't you explain one last time what the quadrathlon is? So the quadrathlon, Mitch, uh, I can't believe you're asking me this again. I've explained it so many times. Uh, the quadrathlon is a little competition that Mitch and I have. Little. Uh, it's huge. Uh, okay. It's the biggest competition. Big it's basically the Olympics of Olympics. Uh, yeah. We drafted teams at the beginning of the Olympics uh, that were playing in sports that did not have a U.S. representative. And we drafted these teams because we wanted a rooting interest in these sports and also kind of an, an excuse to kind of lose our minds over sports, uh, even though uh, we have maybe there are sports we had never watched before, like, say, women's handball. I watched a lot of women's handball and so it was great. I. Yeah. Uh, so the so long story short. Many, many games happened over a long period of time. This whole time, we're kind of keeping up to date with how the quadrathlon is going. Uh, we ended up tied a couple weeks ago. Not a couple weeks ago. It few, seems a couple like days a, ago. seems like a couple weeks ago. A couple days ago. Uh, and we've just been kind of sitting at 13-13. And losing. And, and all of our teams now have decided to lose. My uh, Netherlands women's handball team lost in the their bronze medal game. So Leaving you, a door open for me leaving at 9.30 on the final Sunday. Door, yeah, I had go for it. Poland's men's handball team, and all they had to do was win. I was in a no-lose situation. If they win, I win. If they lose, we are tied. And I woke up early. I got like four hours of sleep, which although that's kind of in typical. And they got out uh, to an early lead, and then they fell behind, and then they fell behind big, and then they never caught up. No. And they missed a penalty shot, and it was ugly, and they ended up losing. Uh, I think they, they were down Third. like 25-18. They cut it to 25-20. I thought they might make a light, late charge. And then do I didn't even write down the final 31 score. 31 to 25 I was final so score. disgusted. Yeah. yeah. It was actually very similar to the game that we just watched yesterday or two days ago or whatever day that was where uh, your hand, women's handball team yeah. fell behind early and never had a shot. They, it was actually kind of startling to me how similar the uh, the Netherlands third, third place game was with Poland. Both of them came out and just looked nothing like the team's that I had known them to be. At Poland, I was actually scared of them winning this game because they were playing really, really well in this tournament. They have players that could make incredible shots, uh, as we learned, uh, and they just they just didn't show up. Like they and also to 
credit to the Germans. They played sure. very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Uh, they they yeah. fully deserve that bronze medal. But uh, the impact for us is that Yeah, so now... we, we both had four teams. How many of them won medals? Uh, zero. <laughs> for either team. <laughs> we, we, we drafted eight teams across four sports, and none of them even got so okay. much as a bronze. So we are tied. I just want to read some stats. We are tied... In, only because our scoring system gave bonus points for winning medals and for we gave five bonus points for a head-to-head win, deeming that as the most important thing that could happen, not realizing that we would only get one of those matchups. I knew that we would only get which one. Which Alex won. So here are our final records across the sports. My four teams went a very respectable 12 wins, 11 losses, and two ties. Oh, I see. So this above is, 500. This, this is team, team assassination. Team Mitch went 12, okay. 11, and 2. Team Alex, do you know what your record was? It was bad. Team Alex went six wins, 12 losses, and four ties. I was above 500, 12, 11, and two. You were six and 12 and four, and we finished tied. I had some very tough losses on the very first day of action. Literally day one, Netherlands men's field hockey blew a lead against Argentina in a game that finished tied and ended in a draw, and I got half a point instead of one, and I thought that was a killer at the time. Remains a killer. I could have beaten you by half a goal. My other draw, Argentina against Honduras in soccer. Another killer. It was just... I, you you say this yeah. as if I had no heartbreaking well, results. Well, you had a five-point win I against had, me. I had the five-point win, but I also had the most heartbreaking loss of the entire of the entire mm, quadrathlon. Yeah, that's probably when, true. When Germany came back in the final minute and scored two goals against New Zealand, yeah. I also had uh, Netherlands women's handball drawing against uh, South Korea despite having a, a, a penalty shot with literally the last throw of the game. So there were yeah. both, and I, I will say, so my bo- team, we both had opportunities. My team, I had many opportunities. My team went 12, 11, and two. I was 10, six, and two in group play, and then went two and five in the medal round, Oof. including two teams that lost the semifinal and then lost the bronze. I needed to win <laughs> one of those four games, and I lost them both. Uh. But so now here's the dilemma: <laughs> we have stakes and we did not come up with a tiebreaker beforehand <laughs> the stakes that we had uh our uh, olympics producer bet marston come on and discuss we had many suggestions from listeners and we ended up landing that the loser would have to carry a rugby ball around with them everywhere they go for a week and would also have to share photographs of them wearing five different olympic sport uniforms right I don't know. I don't. We haven't figured it out. I don't know what we're gonna do. My proposal is this: We've gotten a lot of proposals from listeners uh, from all over the place, and this is something that somebody sent in, and I think it makes the most sense because there are two separate punishments. I think we should split the punishments, and one of us should do one thing, and one of us should do the other. I don't even know which is worse. And but okay, this is, and I'm going to propose to you something. We could flip a coin and and, flip a and coin. decide that way about who does what. But I will volunteer to wear the five different Olympic uniforms if you because and I, I think this makes sense given I your love rugby. your love of rugby. It depends. Uh, it depends a little on which uniforms they're going to be before I just allow you to do this. If it's just going to be, you know, soccer and basketball, like I would need a guarantee that you're going to have to wear like a diving or a gymnastics outfit or wrestling. I'm open to anything. Yeah, we basically we anyone. Anyone in New York, please contact us on yeah. Twitter or Facebook if you have any uniforms. That we have Alex to find these things too. Yeah, yeah, we need. It's like a scavenger hunt. Or if you have a rugby ball, right. again, uh, <laughs> tweet at me. I'm at Mitch Goldich. Tweet at Alex at Am Abnos. 
Find me on Facebook, Mitch Golder Sports Writer. If you have a rugby ball in the New York City area or you've got a uniform of any Olympic sport, please let us know. I think I can get behind that. So if I, think- I carry the rugby ball and you wear the outfits, the uniforms in the office and take pictures. Yeah. How does it work? So I do it every day for a week. You do a different uniform every day for a week and take sure. pictures? Yeah, I think that's okay, fair. Okay, so we find like a Monday to Friday. Or I get, oh, is it a, a week like Monday to Friday or do I carry it around for a whole seven days? I think, like, I think just carrying around the rugby ball is not that much of a burden. I think you should you know, do it for seven oh, days. Oh, everywhere I go. Okay. All right. I am okay with that. That okay. is how we will settle this tie. Okay. We are both losers, and we will both take half of the loser because, punishment. Because losing sucks for everybody. Tying sucks yeah. for everybody. Tying is the worst. Tying is this the is, worst. This is bad. This is America. We don't tie here, this... but we ju- literally yeah. just did. <laughs> okay. So, again, uh, those of you longtime listeners who want to see how this wraps up, I guess you, because the podcast is over and because you can't see anything on podcasts, so you can find us on social media if you want to see pictures of us uh, of me carrying a rugby ball everywhere and Alex uh, wearing a wearing, speedo or whatever uh, it is. Wrestling being, singlet. Yeah. And I don't have my any of my old wrestling singlets with me. Otherwise, I, I could let you borrow one. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll I'm find s- one. I'm sort of already maybe regretting uh, this proposal, <laughs> but here we are and we've done Here it, we are. And the quadruple. It, it's is over now. All right. Um, Thanks, everybody. This was yeah. fun. And we had so many people tweeting us that they were either on Team Mitch or Team Alex and in the Facebook, too. So yeah. it was fun. And we hope it uh, it enhanced your enjoyment of those sports I as have well. To, I have to thank you for this, Mitch, because this was was totally your idea and I was skeptical about it at first and now uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like to watch the Olympics without it. Because yeah, it, it, gave it was me, like a big yeah. every day wake up and say, okay, what do we have today? And it lasted the entire Olympics from day one to day It, it came, seven, down, came down to the final day. It was yeah. awesome. Um, we also, by the way, we got another tweet from a, a listener that I really liked. Um, if I can find it, it was, uh, where did it go? I have it written down, I swear. There we go. Jeremy Richardson uh, <laughs> said... We couldn't, like, tease it earlier, but he basically said, uh, Mongolian wrestling coaches last week, quote, if the quadrathlon ends in a tie, we will wear a diving uniform. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag quadrathlon, which that tweet came in. He tagged us both in it, and both of us appreciated that. So that, I wanted to, give, great. wanted to give Jeremy a quick shout out and read his tweet. Well, there is, speaking of rugby balls, now that you've agreed to hold the rugby ball wherever you go, there is one. This is the last big loose end. There is one big loose end we have to tie up, and that is... You fell in love, love with, it. with rugby, love over, rugby the, over the course so of much. these Olympics. And I want to keep watching rugby so and, you, and following and rooting. So you put out the call to decide on a rugby team for you to watch, uh, just to kind of adopt as your team and have uh, going forward so you can love them just as much as you love the Sixers and the Eagles and all of them, uh, maybe. <laughs> if that's possible. If that's yeah. possible. Uh, so where where have you landed on this? Okay, I did a lot of research and I received a lot of suggestions. Okay. And thank you for those. Um, here's where I've landed. I've learned a lot about rugby, by the way, and the structure of leagues across the It's complicated. The yeah. So first off, uh, people suggested like the New Zealand All Blacks, which I get, they're very good, but my national team is Team USA. Of course. And as we told JJ Javelet, we will be at the Rugby World Cup in San Francisco in 2018. Yeah. Anytime Team USA is playing in the sevens or the 15s, men's or women's, I got to pull for, pull for America. I think that's obvious. That makes total sense. Sure. So then I was looking at other leagues and there's the Super Rugby League, which is in mostly the Southern Hemisphere. The teams are in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan. The games are on ESPN3, so I could see them, but they're streaming online. Right. But NBC, and you've probably seen the commercials, especially during rugby games during the Olympics, they have the Premiership, which is the league in the UK, basically similar to the Premier League for soccer, but for rugby. And this is going to be on NBC or NBC Sportsnet. So much easier to watch the games and probably easier to follow. And uh, I think it makes sense 
I'm intrigued by the Super Rugby, and I think I could see myself watching it and maybe picking a team. But I think to start with, I wanted to go with the team in this Premiership League and be able to watch them. Okay. So there are uh, 12 teams. It's been around 30 seasons. It's like the top league. It's very similar to soccer, and I don't follow soccer that closely. Yeah. So for me, this is like a good, like a almost like a hybrid way to get into soccer maybe eventually. Sure. So it's like this is the top league. There is relegation, so there are stakes. You don't want to come in last. Right. And I got a lot of suggestions. One suggestion was to root for a team called Saracen, okay. which is based out of London. And I like the name Saracen, like Matt Saracen in Friday Night Lights is an instant connection. Right. And um, my friend, uh, my friend Greg Patchak Patches uh, passed this along. He and I were both in London two years ago, 2014. I was actually covering a Dolphins Raiders game at Wembley Stadium, and the Dolphins practiced that week at Allianz Park, which is this Saracen team's. Uh, home stadium. So you've been there. So I've been to their home stadium. Oh, wow. I was like in their gift shop. This is wonderful. This is cool. And this they actually, perfect. they played, I think they played the first game in the United States. Okay. They have some cool nicknames. They are the Saris, the Men in Black, the Wolfpack, the Fez Boys. They're, I mean, their name is the Saracen. I kind of think like those nicknames are, you know, like the Eagles, like people call them the Birds. Sure, it's like sure. their nickname has a nickname or like yeah, the yeah. Phillies or the Fightins. There is only one very large problem with picking Saracen as my team. Uh-oh. They are the two-time defending champs of the Premiership League. Mm. And I feel very, I feel wrong about hopping on a bandwagon, even if that's not the reason. I feel like it's like becoming a baseball fan and saying, you know, I'll be a Yankees fan. Or like if you watch the Seahawks in the Super Bowl two years in a row and you were like, oh, the Seahawks have cool uniforms and fun fans. I'm going to be a Seattle fan. It's like, well, it's easy to pick them now. Right. So that was a big turnoff. Went looking for another team. And I think I found another one. Oh, I think I might become a supporter of the Gloucester rugby team. Ooh, why? Which has no nickname. They are just Gloucester. Okay. They are sometimes called the Cherry and White. They have these, like, Where's Waldo stripe uniforms. Awesome. Uh, And Cherry and White, by the way, uh, Temple University in Philly, their fight song is Fight, Fight, Fight for the Cherry and the White. I'm not, like, a hardcore Temple fan, but I root for all the Philly teams to do well. Like, Philly's kind of like that in college basketball. Yeah. you know, unless you went to some one of the schools, you've got a rivalry. But if you're just like a general Philly fan, like Temple, St. Joe's, Villanova, Drexel, you know, whoever's in there, you kind of pull for them. Sure. So like, you know, I like a little bit of a Philly connection, like, or, you know, a, a similar reference with the cherry and white. Meanwhile, um, they finished ninth last year. Gloucester is the only team in that league that has been in the league for all 30 seasons without winning a championship. Wow. Which is a huge draw to pick a team that's, that's... never won and then to be able to really enjoy it and get the most out of it when they eventually win, for me to say, I picked them before they won anything. They have a couple of first place finishes in the league in 06, 07, and 07, 08, and then they lost in the playoffs. They were like the top regular season team and lost. And then the other thing that I like, the Premiership, I, I from what I can tell, it's 15s, but they also have other cup tournaments. Okay. And the Gloucester 7s, which is the style that was in the Olympics, the Gloucester 7s won in 2013 and 2014. Okay. Which I kind of like. So this is a team where in the top level of action at the 15s, they have never won, but their 7s team has had recent success. They've been around a very long time. They're very old school. They don't even have a nickname. They're just Gloucester Rugby. And I think it would be fun to pick this team as my team and be on board when they win their first championship, hopefully with me in the stands watching. Well, 
far be it for me to tell you uh, where to direct your fandom. So this was actually how originally when we talked like this morning, I was yeah. still thinking about it. And I thought I would present both cases to you and you offered to help make the decision. Yeah. But I think I kind of talked myself into I one think, I think you, it sounds to me like you've made your decision. Do you think I, it, you, are you are you good with this? Do you think this is a good pick? I mean, I want you to do to do whatever you would like to do. I think everything I, everything about uh, choosing Saracen was uh was very solid was built on solid reason if i just feel like cho not choosing them because they're too successful is 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 a little ridiculous only only because it's not as it's if not the reason i'm it's, picking it's them. not but as if, if that's the reason but you're think picking about them. there are soccer teams that if they were if somebody was a new soccer fan and let's say you met them at a bar or at a game, yeah. and they said, oh, I, I'm just getting into soccer, but I'm a big fan of X team. Manchester United. Yeah, there are yeah. some teams where you'd say, oh, really? Like, of course you are. Right, but the but the difference is they would, especially Americans, they choose teams like Manchester United. Uh, is They're far and away the biggest example of this. Uh, they choose teams like Manchester United just because they are very commercially powerful and they've won a lot of titles. And, and I will say, I do not players. know the name of a single player on either of these teams. So, so but I'm comfortable with the Gloucester choice. I think that I'm setting myself up for a lifetime of misery, like being an Eagles fan right. has done to so, me. And that's the other thing is that but, like, I think choosing a team, I think being attracted to a team because of their lack of success and rejecting a team because of their success are like different sides of the same weird uh, yeah. justification coin. That weird. said... You seem to be really into this Gloucester choice. I think I'm excited about so, it. So, uh, so I would, uh, I would roll with it. I, I feel I'm 99% of the way there. If anybody, if there's like a very strong reason not to root for Gloucester, <laughs> please, like sometimes imagine if somebody in the UK was like, I'm going to become a Washington Redskins fan, right. and then somebody was like, Well, you should no. know, you should know yeah. about Dan Snyder and the nickname controversy, and then, and then you'd be like, Oh, okay, they might rethink that. So, so here's, here's, so if there's a Big reason why I should not pull for Gloucester, or there is a reason why I should root for uh, Saracen. Let me know. I'm 99% of the way there, but I'm I'm still I'm leaving myself a little wiggle room for somebody to give me like a, a one week opt out clause. If you know anything about these teams and want to uh, help give me some more pros and cons, please reach out. And here is my last piece of advice I will give you before we move on to our final segment: mm -hmm. uh, is that I think you should you should take some time and watch both of these teams play before you commit 100% to either, because you are in a luxurious position in which you have not been born into any kind of fandom. You have yep. no uh, kind of locational uh, uh, affinity to either of these teams. You should, you should embrace this luxury, uh, embrace your privilege, uh, and, and give yourself the opportunity to, to shop around. Because I would hate for you to really just commit 100% to Gloucester and then watch five of their games and be bored and yeah. meanwhile watch Saracen and be like this team is awesome they have this one guy I really like watching play I love that the fans did this at this time of the game that kind of thing well there are Philly seasons that are boring <laughs> I've watched the last yes, five but of you those were, but, but you were born <laughs> into that yeah that's point. true okay that's true I think I, I look forward to live tweeting the, uh, yeah. the, the opening day so of Premiership rugby and I think I'll tune in but I'm, I'm feeling good about Gloucester I think, okay. I think I'm going to be excited about it okay cool all right. Are you picking a rugby team or no? I know you've picked a handball team. I have picked a handball team mostly just because of uh, Mikkel Hansen, the De the Danish player uh, that plays for Denmark, obviously. But he, I saw him play in this tournament. He's awesome. He's big. He's got great hair, and he he's a, he scores these ridiculous goals from long range. 
uh, and he plays for Paris Saint-Germain, which I have a scarf of for their soccer team. Uh, and I love the city of Paris, as many, many, many people do. Uh, so th I'm kind of softly kind of claiming them as my team. They're a big team, so I'll actually be able to see them play uh, every so often. Uh, so that is uh, rugby. I'm not as uh, I'm not as uh, focused on getting a team for them, especially because I've been to uh, to Rotorua, which is, I believe, around where the uh, the Waikato Chiefs uh, play in the New Zealand. Uh, league, so handball. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm going to stick with with PSG. All right. Well, I will say before we move on, I just want to say thanks. This has yes, been the most really self indulgent uh, segment we've had in like three weeks of this show. But uh, but honestly, you'd be surprised how many people have been asking me yeah. when I'm going to pick one. So uh, so thanks for for letting me talk this through and uh, make my grand announcement on the second to last show. And uh, anybody out there, anyone, especially if you're Team Mitch or Team Alex. You're welcome to be Team Gloucester and become a fan along with me, and then we can all we'll have Gloucester tailgates and celebrations, yeah. and and we'll all be in this together. And if you have any any suggestions for my rugby team, please send them along. Like I said, I'm not really married to any of them. Uh, I don't know what what you need to know about me. You know about me. You you've, know, Alex. You've, you've heard me talk. I'm from Kansas City, and I'm a cool guy. <laughs> anyway, so on that note, uh, we should move on to our final segment. Uh, <laughs> we're we, really doing this. I guess we're really doing this. Uh, we were we were offered a suggestion on a relatively late episode of the show that that a listener very appropriately pointed out, like, "Hey, why don't you guys read the medal count?" Which is the most obvious thing that we should have been doing from day one, but just didn't because we're morons, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Seems so now, like the reason. Yeah. So now that we the games are done. It is time to read the medal count, and usually I read the medal count, and it's just the top five. But because it's the last day of the games, let's read every country, every single, all country. of the medals. And are we okay? Are we going to put the like say the number of medals that we that, that they have too? I think for the top ten, let's give gold and total, and then after that, let's just do total. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, I will start this off. How okay. about that? Okay. We are also, bear with us, we are reading this off of a computer screen because that was easier than finding uh, one that would let us sort by total medals uh, that it was printable. That was also printable. Yeah, it's so. a weird Venn diagram there. Okay, so <laughs> the final medal count of the Olympic Games is... Fingers crossed. Was it USA? Did USA win? Who was first? Is it USA? USA in number one, 46 oh. golds, 121 total. China, number two, 26 golds, 70 total. Great Britain, 27 golds, 67 total. Russia, 19 golds, 56 total. Germany, 17 golds, 42 total. Fr uh, I'll take six to 10. Okay. Is that, okay. Yeah. In sixth place, France, 10 golds, 42 total. Seven, Japan with 12 golds, 41 total. Then Australia with eight golds, 29 total. Italy with eight golds, 28 total. And rounding up the top 10, our neighbors in Canada, with many of listeners from to the show in Canada. Yeah. Four golds, 22 total. Now we're outside the top 10, and I think you can do the next 10. Just read the total, the country and the total number. Okay. Uh, number 11, South Korea with 21 total. Uh, number 12, t Netherlands with 19. Brazil with 19 in 13th place, the host nation. N New Zealand with 18. Uh, Azerbaijan with 18. Then Spain with 17. Kazakhstan with 17. Spain and Kazakhstan tied. Amazing. Hungary with 15. Denmark with 15. And Kenya with 13. All right, moving on. Uh, in 21st place, Uzbekistan, 13. Jamaica with 11. Six golds, through half of them from Bolt. <laughs> then uh, Cuba, also 11 total. Sweden, 11. Ukraine, 11. Not weak. Poland, 11. Croatia, 10. South Africa, 10. Czech Republic, 10. 
uh, Belarus with 9 in 30th place, Colombia with 8, Iran with 8, Serbia with 8, <laughs> Turkey with 8, <laughs> Ethiopia with 8, uh, in 36th place, Switzerland with 7, North Korea with 7, Georgia with 7, 39th is Greece with 6, and 40th is Belgium with 6. Guess who also has 6? It's Thailand. All right. Moving on, 5 for Romania, 5 for Malaysia. Mexico has five. Argentina has four. I thought Argentina had more. They only got four. Slovakia has four. Armenia has four. Slovenia has four. And Lithuania has four. Then in 50th place, you have Norway with four. Not really tied for 39th or whatever that was. Whatever but it yeah. is. Uh, in 51st, uh, Indonesia with three, Chinese Taipei with three, Bulgaria with three, Venezuela with three, Egypt with three, Tunisia with three, Bahrain with two, Vietnam with two, Bahamas with two, and the Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, with two. And so these are all tied for 57th. The independent Olympic athletes had two. Algeria had two, Ireland had two, India had two, Mongolia had two, would have been three, but not a little <laughs> but, incident today. But. Uh, Israel had two. We're now into 67th. These are the countries with one medal. So first, let's shout out the ones that had one medal with a gold one. And it is Fiji, the first medal in their country's history in the Olympics, the gold for men's rugby. Uh, also one gold, Jordan and Kosovo and Puerto Rico. Monica Puig with the... Uh, the first medal for Puerto Rico, and it was also gold. That's right. And uh, rounding out the the list of uh, of nations whose only gold medal in these Olympics were gold, Singapore, with uh, Joseph Schooling winning the gold uh, in swimming, Tajikistan, I believe that one was in weightlifting, and then you have Burundi with all of these are just one silver now. Uh, Burundi, Grenada, uh, Niger, the Philippines, Qatar. Austria, the Dominican Republic. Oh, we had a switch. Now, once you get to Austria, okay. this is just bronze. Austria was just bronze. Uh, Dominican Republic and Estonia in 80th place, uh, mm. actually tied for, I guess, 78th yeah, place. Yeah, so a few other final countries that had just one medal and they were all bronze. Finland, Kyrgyzstan, Morocco, Moldova, Nigeria. And that's that soccer men's soccer bronze for that's Nigeria. Right. That is awesome. Portugal. Trinidad and Tobago, and the United Arab Emirates. And those are the 88 countries that won medals. I'm glad we did that. That, that was nice. That was cool. It's, it, rem it reminds everybody that actually there were a whole lot of countries uh, in this Olympics. Yeah, it's uh, our own little parade of nations. That's right. It's, there were a few. Nice. Uh, I looked through. We have the whole list of countries that did not win any medals. And there were a few that were notable. Botswana, who was so close. Was so that was, close. Was that the 4 by 400 relay that they were in second place like the whole time? Yes. Ended up not winning a single medal. That's got to be such a killer for the, That's a the whole country. I do. I have I highlighted Cameroon. Uh, don't worry. Joel Embiid is coming. They're going to be a factor <laughs> in, uh, in, in the next Olympics. Um, the refugees team, which we talked about going into the Olympics, is a very big story. Zero medals. Although we did see that one swimmer won a heat, which was very cool. That but was cool. Did not yeah. qualify to move on to the semifinals. Um, there are there are a bunch of others. I mean, we're not we can't read all of them, but those were a few of them on the list that I noticed that uh, that popped out to me. Okay, well now that that's over, I think it's time to put a lid on this show. It's not over yet, though. We're not this, done. This, we're not done yet. Uh, we still have one more show to go. It's the giant all sport look back preview. What is it? The big the big giant the big giant. Uh, all something. sport review. Yeah. So don't unsubscribe yet. Don't unsubscribe ever because yeah. you never know. We don't know what's going to happen to this feed, but uh, I don't know. Don't unsubscribe. If you enjoyed us, keep it. Keep yeah. in touch with us. 
And if we have any news, uh, we'll let you know. We'll pass it along. We, All right. Yeah. Well, thanks again. We're not every- being coy. We don't have any news. <laughs> we have but, we, none. But yeah. we might someday. Well, thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks for bearing with us. Uh, we'll be back with a... Uh, if you can bear with us about an hour and a half yeah. longer. It's all optional <laughs> listening. But hopefully those of you who uh, who want a, a review of both the last Sunday and also of the entire Olympics, uh, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully you'll enjoy that one too. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. And then maybe and never again. We'll be asleep <laughs> while you're listening. So just know that we're sleeping. But know that we are very appreciative of all our listeners for tuning in. And uh, and thanks for all the support throughout the entire Olympics. We'll have actually the other preview. I think we're going to have many more thank yous and some personalized thank yous to our staff here at SI who's helped us and some of our listeners in particular. So uh, many more thank yous to come. Hope you tune in for one more episode.